0: Hello and welcome to Series 2, Episode 8 of Behind the Microphone, with me, Hamish Percy. Today's guest is sports reporter and presenter Alex Aljo. Now, Alex started her career as a young 20-year-old over in Madrid at Real Madrid TV, before working for Chelsea TV, going back to Madrid TV for a few years, and then eventually moving to Premier League Productions, where she now works as a presenter and reporter. In this episode, Alex shares some great stories about her career so far, including her first interview at 20 years of age with a certain Cristiano Ronaldo. It was great speaking with Alex in this episode, and I really hope you enjoy her stories, her infectious laugh, and make sure you listen to the end to hear just how happy she is with her quiz result. So, Alex, did you always want to be a sports reporter and presenter?
1: Good question, and I think when I was a young child, TV presenting probably wasn't something that I wanted to do. When I was a young girl at school, I changed my career plan every other day. I wanted to be, at one point, I wanted to be a dolphin trainer. I wanted to be a hairdresser. I wanted to be a headmistress, and in an interview for a school at 11 plus, I was asked what I wanted to be, and I told them that I wanted to be a pop star. Uh, I think it's because I was obsessed with the Spice Girls at the time, and I quite wanted to be Victoria Beckham. Um, And an actress was another thing. Um, So yeah, I think as a young girl, TV presenting wasn't top of my list, uh, but I was always completely and utterly obsessed with sport. Um, and I loved public speaking. Uh, when I was nine I entered into a competition a public speaking competition and it was all about card tricks I was nominated to go one of my teachers at school so I always loved public speaking and I always loved sport I was completely and utterly obsessed with lacrosse I played lacrosse at an international level and and tennis and netball and athletics so I think you kind of marry the two together a love for sports and a passion for public speaking and that's probably (laughs) creates a a role, you know, a a job in, in the media as a TV presenter.
0: Okay. And then after school, you went to Durham University to do Spanish and Italian. And then during that year abroad, you had a year abroad with that course. You ended up working for Real Madrid TV. How did that come about? And how was that experience at such a young age while you were still at university?
1: Yeah, so I went to Durham University, as you say, to do Spanish and Italian. And in your third year, you go abroad and you have the option to either study or work. And I thought, hmm, what do I want to do? I definitely thought work because obviously you can study while you're at university. So if you get a year away from university, then you may as well take advantage and get some work experience. And I think up until then, I didn't really have any real good work experience. I thought, OK, this is a good, a good opportunity. So I thought to myself, hmm, how about I go and work for Real Madrid? But obviously no real idea what I could do there, but I just got a contact of someone at the club and I emailed them and I said, my name's Alex. I'm coming on my year abroad. I speak a good level of Spanish. I'll do anything for you. And I remember writing in the email, I'll even sweep your floors. (laughs) And I thought that was a good joke. Anyway, he got back to me uh, after numerous emails of him not he didn't respond to me. And I sent numerous emails pestering him. Hi, Megan, Alex again. And eventually he responded and he worked for the club. He was sort of, he was the press officer at the club. And he said, have you ever thought about a career in television? And it's funny cause I remember exactly where I was when he asked me that question. And I was staring at my phone and I just thought, wow this is incredible career in television. How is this linked to me asking for a job at a football club? and he passed, um, he gave me the email of the head of content at Real Madrid Television, the boss of the English channel and so I, I emailed him and again no reply, things take a long time in Spain and I was, I was getting a little bit frustrated because lots of my friends were already going off on their year abroad, starting their year abroad, I still had no confirmation of what I was going to do. I just thought what can I do, I either give up on this dream or I keep going, keep going so I ended up just getting on a flight to Madrid with nothing confirmed, called the boss of Real Madrid TV and I said, I'm here, can you meet me? And can we talk about this this opportunity uh, at Real Madrid Television? and the next day I met him and I remember again where we were sat we had a coffee it was boiling heat it was September in in Madrid and he offered me the job he gave me the job and I still wonder to this day whether had I got on that flight and obviously taking a huge risk he easily could have carried on ignoring my emails not picked up my uh, you know my numerous phone calls to him and so yeah it was a massive risk but he ended up giving me the job to spend my year abroad at Real Madrid Television. And that's when it all kind of took off for me, I'd say. It was just the most incredible year. I started by shadowing for the first sort of th- three months or so. I wasn't allowed to go on screen, but I was allowed to go along to games, to training sessions, sit in the studio, just watching everything. And then in the January, one of their main presenters got a job at In Sports in Miami. So she took that job and suddenly they were one presenter short. And I was called into the boss's office and he said to me, Alex, uh, we want to offer you a, I think it would have been a three month contract, no longer than that, it was January. So it would have been a six month contract until the end of the season. So a massive opportunity, but I was due to be in Italy to start the Italian part of my year abroad. But it was an offer I couldn't turn down, an unbelievable opportunity for me obviously no experience at all. I didn't really know what I was doing. I'd only been shadowing and watching, but loving every minute. I That was the moment I knew this is what I wanted to do. So I had signed the paper, <laughs> had this short-term contract working for them. And I remember my first game was in the January, Real Madrid against Hitafe at the Bernabeu. It was a 4-0 win for Real Madrid. Cristiano Ronaldo scored a perfect hat-trick that afternoon. And how it worked when you were, when you were at Real Madrid TV, the club channel, is um, you waited outside the changing room and it was down to you <laughs> to ask the player to stop and talk to you. Here, when now working for the Premier League, you're brought a player, they have to speak to you, they have 20 minutes to come to you, otherwise it's fine. Sorry, otherwise the, the player is fined or the club's fined. There, no, you just had to stand there, wait for the player and, and do your best. The press offer would say, give it your best shot, down to you, give it a go. So the girl who I was, who I'd been shadowing said to me, okay, you're doing this one tonight. Um, it's your interview and it's obvious who you need to ask. So I, I started to shake, <laughs> who? Cristiano, obviously, Cristiano scored the hat trick. You want me <laughs> to interview Cristiano? And she was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have to make him speak to you when he comes out the change room. And I remember saying to her, I I don't think I can do that. And she said, I always remember wise words from Rhiannon. She said to me, if you crack now, then you're not cut out for a career in journalism because you have to be ballsy. And you have to be able to say, Christiana, can you stop for two minutes? And I just want to talk to you about your hat trick. And obviously I had no experience in sort of dealing with players and knowing the right things to say, but knew that at that moment, I had to try and get this interview. Otherwise I would have failed, you know, in in her eyes. I wouldn't be cut out for a career in TV journalism. So I stood there, honestly, I remember my whole body was shaking. And he appeared, uh, and that's <laughs> Cristiano, Cristiano. And I stopped him and I said, do you mind um, I'm doing a quick interview? <laughs> and he stopped and I think someone did mention to him. It's her first interview. She's, she's never done an interview before. And he was amazing. He was so kind. I, I could barely think of the questions to ask him. I just sort of had to think on the spot. I don't think they were questions actually. I still have a copy of the interview now. And it was more like, good hat trick tonight. Well played, Cristiano. (laughs) Because I couldn't get out full sentences, but his answers were perfect. He's a true professional. I was lucky that it was someone like Cristiano because had it been a player that needs more from from the interviewee, then I might have been in trouble. Um, But again, it was, what an experience. Imagine having Cristiano Ronaldo as the first player you interview. Um, And I think I learned from then actually how to how to stop players we learned how to say it in Croatian so that Luka Modric and Mateo Kovacic would stop other other tactics tell them oh um oh Gareth I want to talk to you about your amazing goal tonight you know lead in with oh brilliant performance um Tony <laughs> you know Tony Cross because there was only four of them at the time that spoke English four or five of them so It was a narrow selection pool. So we had to get quite good at at stopping them and making them talk to us. And I think by the end, that's something that I'd really mastered.
0: (laughs) Do you think being kind of chucked literally in the deep end with no real training benefited you now in your career because you had to get to grips with everything so quickly because you were learning on the job?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that there was also minimal pressure at Real Madrid television. I wasn't afraid of making mistakes. I had the most incredible boss who I don't think he shouted at me because I haven't spoken about going back to Real Madrid TV, but I ended up, I finished my university degree. I did a master's in TV journalism, started a job at Chelsea TV and then ended up going back to Real Madrid TV. So I think the thing about Real Madrid TV is there is in the English channel, so, so few of us that it's hands-on you're creating, I presented a show called The Match and also Extra Time. The Match you had one guest and Extra Time, three male pundits. And it wasn't a case of arriving, going up to the studio and presenting your show. It was a case of getting in very early in the morning, putting your running order together yourself, cutting all the footage you needed, editing it all, maybe translating an interview you might have needed, a Spanish player. thinking about what you're gonna talk about, getting all your ULAs in there, getting all your goals you need. Um, I did my running order without any help from start to finish. And it was, extra time was a 50 minute show. The match preview was about half an hour. Same on match days, but what an, an amazing experience to actually be, you know, be res, being you were responsible for your program. I learned how to edit and everything. and. Your, your original question was whether it was beneficial being thrown in the deep end. And I think so. And especially somewhere like that, when going through your head, you just think, what's the worst that can happen? And also you're going out overseas. So it's not like you had immediate. you don't have the pressure. that You're going to be trolled if you make a mistake, because it, all, it was a very kind audience and they all love Real Madrid. So ultimately, you can't really go far wrong because you're just talking about a club that they love um, that, that your viewers love and, and yeah, I would say minimal pressure, great place to, to learn, make your mistakes. And, and also my my role was sort of so much more than just a presenter. You were producing, presenting, directing to a certain extent, um, with an amazing supportive boss behind me. Okay.
0: And, And then after that year abroad, you went back to Durham to finish off your course, before you went on to do your master's in TV journalism. While you were at Durham, did you do anything there to um, further enhance your broadcasting skills?
1: So I got, I, I've always been completely, completely obsessed with sport, And I, I got a scholarship to go to Durham to play lacrosse, which meant a lot of my day was spent training. Uh, I couldn't miss a single session. And I was also training for the World Cup at the time. So, every weekend I was coming back down south from Durham to train. So, I left little room for much more than lacrosse training and, and going to lectures. Uh, however, I got involved with the TAB, which was the university paper, and I was the sports editor. So, I decided to make little videos at sports matches. It meant it gave me an excuse to go to the rugby games. <laughs> stand their pitch side with the tab microphone and get their MVP, their player of the match. It's so funny because now when I see my friends that played rugby, they say, go on, go on, give me an interview. Alex, give me an interview. And we suddenly just pretend I'm still there. It was made in castle. That's what it was called where we played. And I would just do little interviews um, and they'd go up on, on the tab. I think it was on the website or I don't think Twitter was really a thing. Then I think it was, it was on the tab website. Um, maybe people got, sent emails. I can't even remember how it went out, but it was the Tab TV. Uh, and I interviewed the hockey team, rugby team, the lacrosse team and did a little features as well, like a day in the life of a university rugby player. <laughs> at the time, it was content you wanted to see. <laughs> so, yeah, I did get a bit involved in in, in TV and um and with the Tab at, at university.
0: Sure. And then, as we've mentioned, you you progressed on to do a Masters in TV journalism. But why did you feel uh, you you needed... To do that, given you'd you'd had that hands-on experience in in Madrid.
1: Okay, so when I finished my year abroad, or during my year abroad, lots of people said to me, "Well, why aren't you? Is your dream job? Why don't you just stay there?" And I guess it was kind of a a good question, right? I was living the dream. Uh, that's sort of what I'd aspired to do, and I was extremely happy, but. Obviously, it was the right thing to do. Come back, finish my Durham degree. Also, the girl who I was working with out there said to me, Alex, 100% do a master's in TV journalism because people look for it. When you're going out for looking for jobs, people do ask, where's your experience in, in TV? And it wouldn't have been enough to say, oh, well, I spent six months in staying interviewing Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, that's... <laughs> Not gonna get me a, a job over here. And, um, and also I had a language degree. So great that I can speak Spanish. Great that I can speak Italian and, and French or, or whatever. But do you know about journalism? Have you learnt your media law? Um, so, I was, so she gave me some advice. She said, try the city degree, um, city master's degree. It's just one year. And within that year, um, you, get, you get sent out on placements. So I spent, um, I think it was sort of probably four or five months at each place. So I spent, I went to ITV News and worked on their sports desk, which was amazing. And I also went to Sky News uh, and worked on Sunrise which is when I realized I didn't want to work night shifts (laughs) (laughs) because you got in at about, uh, I think 11 o'clock was the morning meeting. (laughs) And then yeah, worked throughout the night. And it was obviously, it was sky news. So it wasn't sports, hard news. And I knew at that point, I 100% wanted to work in sports and 100% wanted to avoid night shifts. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was all part of the master's degree at City. An unbelievable year um flew by only a year um and i would 100 percent recommend it to anyone and you can do you don't have to just i did the tv journalism course but you can do broadcast journalism so that includes radio you can do um print journalism uh magazine journalism uh anyway there's all different types of um journalism degrees master's degrees you can do at city and um yeah i would say I'd say go there, but again, there's no, that's what I did. And I think it's one of those careers, that there's no right or wrong. There's no formula. There's no, you follow XYZ and you'll become a, a TV presenter or, or a commentator or whatever you want to do. This happens to be my path that, that worked for me. But I think that there are so many other routes and um, and pathways to, to follow. Um, and I, there's a little bit of, of course you have to work hard but there's a little bit of luck involved because if that, if Kay hadn't gone off to be in when I was out doing work experience in Madrid, then who knows what would have happened. I might, cause I had a show reel when I finished that year abroad, when I came back here, um, which is amazing really. And I, I cringe so much looking back at, at that show reel because it's not very good, <laughs> but it was something, you know? And um, and I was, I was lucky in that sense. And I was lucky that he eventually picked up my call and, and gave me that job out there, um, sliding doors. So, so yeah, it's a mixture, isn't it? Hard work gets you far, but you have to have a, a little bit of luck as well.
0: Oh, absolutely! And, and you're you spot on there with with this industry, how there's no set path and everyone's routes different. And of course, there's hard work massively involved, but also a little bit of luck. Um, mm-hmm. But then. After that master's, you worked at Chelsea TV for around a year, maybe a bit longer, I think. And then the opportunity came back to go back out to Madrid and work for Real Madrid TV. What happened there?
1: Yeah, exactly. So I was offered this role using that little show reel I was talking to you about. I was sent it to Chelsea TV and for some strange reason, they liked it. (laughs) And they offered me the role of uh, Blues News presenter which was an 11 minute live news show at six (laughs) o'clock and it went out on Sky actually at the time Chelsea TV was a a Sky channel Um, so my dad tuned in in every night (laughs) and so yeah I started working at Chelsea TV while I was doing my masters and that was a teeny bit problematic because I should have been fully focused on my masters and I remember calling up the woman who ran the program, and I said, Look, what do I do? It's our news day on Thursday, but I'm supposed to be presenting Blues News. Um, they've asked me to present pl- Blues News. What should I do? And I remember her saying, Alex, we haven't had this conversation. You say you're ill on Thursday, <laughs> and you go and present that live news show because I think she saw that in the long term, I was still going to get my master's degree. It wasn't going to have a massive impact on my final mark and obviously a huge opportunity for me. So I'm forever grateful because that could have been someone else. And they said, what are you talking about? You're committed to this master's. You have to do this news day. Don't go off and present at some silly football club channel. Um, So thankfully she was on my side. And um, so, yeah, I went. So I was presenting Blues News um, while I was still doing my master's, which was amazing for me because I knew that once I finished my master's I had a job rather than finishing a master's and thinking now what so that was that was great that I had that so I was presenting this new show at Charles TV absolutely loving it yeah 11 minutes a day it was a, a short shortish day um and I think I was looking for more so I just by chance again, well, I wouldn't say by chance, but my old boss called me from Spain and he said, what are you up to these days? (laughs) I said, well, I'm presenting at Chelsea, but funnily enough, I was thinking of other opportunities and and looking for new routes to go down. And he said, well, we think we're gonna be one presenter short in the next two months or so. And, And a girl called Semra was leaving. She was going to TRT World in Istanbul, said, look, there's an opportunity to come back Uh, He said, this time it'd be different. You'd be presenting even more shows. The offer was very attractive out in Spain, but I sort of thought to myself, hmm, they say never go back, right? Well, they say that to football managers. (laughs) They say that to football managers, don't they? And I remember my mum saying to me, well, it won't be the same as when you're on your year abroad. You won't have any of your friends out there because obviously I had friends that are also on their year abroad out in Madrid. You don't know anyone. Um, It'll be very different. And it's obviously also going to be for an indefinite period of time. It's not like going out for six to nine months and you know you're definitely coming home. It was, wow, big step. Leaving London, all my friends from uni and school had moved to London. Everyone's living near each other. But I thought, wow, what a you know what a great opportunity. Go back there, just as I was looking for a change. Um, and I like this line: "It's your life doesn't get better by chance; it gets better by change." And I remember that was my Instagram caption as I flew back out to Spain um and yeah four and a half years out there never looked back I'd say they were probably the best years of my life so far yeah just had the most incredible experience out there I I traveled with the team I went away with them for four weeks North America on the preseason tour I was at pretty much every game pitch side with the team news all the build-up presented, I started to present, my dream was to present on the Spanish channel, which every day after work I'd go home and watch the Spanish channel because it was really good for my Spanish. And I, it was also, it was on terrestrial TV out there. So, and they had sort of a four hour magazine type show in the evening. So I'd go home and watch it. And I always thought in my head, one day I'm going to be good enough to be on this show. Um, and so Just before I left, the last sort of three months I was out there, one of the big Spanish bosses out there came up to me, I was sort of just minding my own business, sat on my desk and he said, Alex, what are your plans on Monday? And I said, oh, I'm not sure, I'll just be here. I I was presenting the match for extra time or something. And he said, because I want you to come on La Tertulia, which was the name of the program, and I was just ecstatic. It was just a dream come true. Not only to be, it was a live show in Spanish, um, and I really felt like yes, not not I've made it because obviously still just much of TV but it was a big moment for me and that was just before I left he didn't know I was leaving at the time I thought oh he clearly knows I'm leaving so he just wants to give me this opportunity before I go so I stopped nagging him Uh, but he didn't actually know I was about to leave um so yeah I just think that it was yeah I think I got the offer to come back to work for the Premier League I was sort of screen testing and doing some reporting shifts for them while I was still out in Spain And obviously in the back of my mind, I was thinking, but I'm really happy out here. I love my job. I love my friends. I sort of had another life, a whole life out there. But I think ultimately you have to keep thinking, okay, where can I go from here? I work for a club channel out in Spain. If you think of that ladder, (laughs) that career ladder, probably got to the top of it out in Madrid with that um, with my appearance on La Tertulia <laughs> because it'd be tricky for me to go and work for one of sort of their Spanish broadcasters out there not being fluent. Well, I would say I am fluent Spanish, but for television, it's another level of fluency, isn't it, that, they, that you need? Um, so I think in terms of career, it was such a good decision to come back. Um, and I'm super, super happy here now. Uh, of course I miss, the weather and the food and the people out there, but um once covid's over it's pretty easy to get back and forth um so yeah, here I am working for p l p
0: yeah well that that's amazing and and obviously when you are as you said doing la sorry about my pronunciation la Tertulia. Um,
1: la tertulia it means extra time in spanish okay
0: well, when you're doing yeah the extra time you' you're hosting shows in English and in Spanish. And then now, when you interview players, obviously you interview players in English and occasionally in other languages. Because you're multilingual, obviously that's that's not the norm really with presenters and reporters, as it's a, it's a seriously impressive skill. And do you think because of that, that's really helped your career and, and helped you with interviewing foreign players because you can speak like with Sergio Aguero in Spanish?
1: Yes. Yes. Massively. I think that so often nowadays I do an interview simply because I'm the only one that can speak Spanish. I'm the only one that can speak Portuguese. So you get so many opportunities that you probably wouldn't get otherwise. I'm sure I wouldn't have been the first one to go and speak with Sergio Aguero if he was an English speaker or if he could speak very good English. But I was top of their list because um, because of my Spanish. And also I think going out going back all those years going out to work for Real Madrid TV on my year abroad the fact that I could speak English and Spanish meant I could go and work for them they definitely wouldn't have taken just an English speaker you needed to have a really good level of Spanish so so I think I was 20 when I was out there broadcasting in in English and in Spanish and I think no way would I have that opportunity here at an English club. I wouldn't suddenly be flying around America with Arsenal at at 24. um, Because I think that because of my languages, I've had all the opportunities I've had so far in my life. But again, I think it kind of did just happen by chance the fact that I loved languages. I didn't think I'm gonna do Spanish and Italian at university so that I can be a famous TV presenter one day, or so I can be a TV presenter, forget the famous. I don't think that crossed my mind. I think I just loved languages and they were always my favorite subjects at school. I always remember thinking in science or maths, when am I going to be able to use this in the real world? What, what does it matter that I know um, what chemical reaction is going to happen when I mix this and this? I'm never going to need to use this in the real world. I always remember thinking that. But what, yet when I was in, Sp- in my Spanish lessons or my French lessons, I was thinking, yes, oh, I can't wait to try this out with someone. Or I can't wait to say this next time I'm in Spain. Or, I was obsessed. I was really obsessed with languages. Um, and now I feel like the luckiest person in the world that even though I live in England, I can use my, I use my Spanish on, I'd say more or less a daily basis, send various things to translate or, or calling, just calling friends. Um, and yeah, I, I obviously, again, it's not to say you have to learn languages if you want a successful career in broadcast journalism, but I think they hugely help. And also not just with journalism, in, in all different types of career now, they, they say, can you speak other languages? But then again, if you, you have to love them because it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of, um, not awkward moments, but you have to put yourself out there. And the amount of times at the beginning that I sat on a table with 10 Spaniards speaking fast at each other, just sort of lost and confused, but it takes those moments to become fully fluent. And I always think if I was sat with my friends speaking English really fast, and you put a Spanish speaker in, they'd probably get lost, <laughs> even if they had a good level of English. And that's, that was me at times on my year abroad in Spain. Um, but yeah, I, I would say, yeah, my, my Spanish is, is completely fluent now and it's, it's hugely helpful.
0: <laughs> well, it definitely is just an amazing skill to have. But back to when you were in Spain, was behind the scenes different like were the galleries different what, what language were they talking and and yeah what was it different behind the scenes uh, in spain as opposed to working in england
1: yes very different <laughs> quite chaotic out in spain and bear in mind my talk back was in spanish as well so you can just hear a lot of people shouting directions in spanish at you we also didn't have any auto uh which can be a good thing um but it means now working at PLP, where the gallery is always extremely ordered, everyone knows what they're doing. All very a controlled environment. Um, it makes it things a lot easier when I sort of had I had four and a half years of of chaotic gallery environments to sort of. You have to also coming off air. So here's an example. There's no hard count off air out in Spain or at least there wasn't at Real Madrid TV. So I'd have my boss tell me in my ear, when you want, Alex, cuando quieras, cuando quieras. So when you want, imagine being told when you want. So I knew that I knew that I had to wrap up, but if it was the next couple of minutes, next five minutes, all good, all good, all fine. My boss would say, great show, okay, bye, I'm off. Um, off for a siesta. Uh, whereas here, so I remember my first show at PLP, I didn't realize that I wasn't able to go one second more, not even a second. You don't have that margin. So I remember it might've been, I think it was my first ever day at PLP presenting PLT. I kept talking and it went to black. And I remember them sort of looking at me like, "What, well, Alex, what did you just do? Why did? You, why are you talking? And I remember saying, "What? Well, what's the problem? I don't understand. Why has it gone off? Why has it gone to, black? you know, I didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't get the hard count. So, I think that was a <laughs> lesson learned the hard way there. Um, but yeah, it was it was chaotic out in Spain, but also a lot more relaxed. Yeah,
0: sure. And, and I presume you'd recommend languages or learning languages to aspiring sports broadcasters. But what other tips and tricks and bits of advice would you also give to aspiring sports broadcasters wanting to get to where you've got to now?
1: Okay, I would say number one, be yourself. Because when I look back, I know I keep going back to it, but that cringy first show reel, I wasn't myself. And I was trying to copy what I'd heard people doing. So I'd heard, oh, this is how you talk on the television. So I'm going to talk like this. Or, <laughs> and I think that actually, what do people love to see? Personality. And that was what all my bosses told me, we want to see you smile. We want to see your personality. But I think I had that in my head, no, because I'm on TV. So I must speak like this. This is how I've heard them speak on TV, you know? And I think up until very recently, um, I have sort of not let my personality come out on TV. But the moment you do, everything sounds so much better, so much more natural. So I'd say, try not to think there's a certain way to broadcast on TV, you have to speak like this or this particular, or use these type of words. I always remember um, I was writing a, a script, something to voice when I was in Madrid and a guy I worked with was sort of looking over my shoulder. And I remember him saying to me, Alex, would you use those words in a pub with your mates? And God knows what word I'd use, but I thought, no, <laughs> definitely not. Pretty much all the words I thought, no way would I use them. But obviously I thought they're the right words I should use on TV because that will sound really good. And <laughs> so I think, just think what, yeah, what are the words? How would I tell the story? Let's do, we're talking about a football game. What happened last night? If someone was, a friend was asking me, oh, what happened at the Emirates last night? And what I would say to that person, Um, how it would come out naturally. That's how you need to speak on TV and imagine that the person on the other side of the camera watching is your friend. Not, I'm broadcasting to X amount of people around the world. I must, you know, I must be this presenter that uses all these long words and and just try and imagine I'm me. I don't even think I'm a presenter, just think I'm here. I'm talking to a friend about football not rocket science and um, try not to overcomplicate things, be yourself. So that was my first piece of advice. My second one, I'd say hard work, do your research. So even if, you're, if, even if you're talking about something, maybe you don't know a huge amount about. For instance, when I went out, I didn't know a huge amount about Alaves or Getafe or Leganes, uh, Real Madrid's opponents, but it's not hard. Everything is online nowadays. You can look it all up. You need, what, a couple of hours? And you can find out the full history of Leganess Football Club. You can know every single player that's ever played there. You can look at all their past starting 11s, You know, all the stats in front of you. That really are no excuses. And I think that about now, there are no excuses to get your stats and facts wrong. And you're quickly, uh, uncovered if you don't know what you're talking about. Um, so I think hard work is like revising for an exam. Uh, you know, looking through textbooks, mem- not, you don't have to memorize things, but you can find everything out that you need. And, and then obviously that means you're a lot more comfortable when you're talking because you know what you're talking about. You only look nervous when you don't know what you're talking about, in my opinion. So, so be yourself, work hard, say yes to things. So, I think say yes to any opportunities that come your way. Obviously, if it's something you really don't want to do, don't say yes, <laughs> but you have to take some risks and it's pointless just staying in your comfort zone and not making changes. And so for me in my career, I feel like, A, I could have stayed in Spain first time around. I could have, I could have just stayed out there thinking this is great and not come, come back. I'm glad I did. Two, I could have stayed at Chelsea TV, but Ultimately presenting an 11 minutes news show about one football club wasn't my life life dream. Three, I could have stayed out in Spain the second time round but I took the risk and I came home and now I'd make that decision again and again and again because I'm so happy here. Um, So yeah, so be yourself, do your research, work hard and say yes, take risks. And make the most of every opportunity that comes your way.
0: Okay, that that, that is there's a, a brilliant three bits of advice there, Alex. And I know this bit you've been looking forward to. We're going to get onto the quiz now. Um, oh gosh, here we but go. But I'm actually going to make one of the questions more difficult because.
1: Oh no! But I want to get full marks.
0: For this one, so you mentioned like four times that Ronaldo. The first time you interviewed Ronaldo was.
1: Did I mention Ronaldo? I do. Now I mentioned.
0: <laughs> so I can't ask you that because that was going to be my first question. Oh, I was going to say. Ask what... me
1: that, then I. <laughs> Come on, you can't change your questions, <laughs> like...
0: Habib. Yeah, but this one's—it was between <laughs> this one and the other one. Okay, I'll cut this bit out of, of the podcast if, if if you get it wrong. Um, okay. okay. What? How many Champions League slash European Cups have Real Madrid won? Do
1: you want it in Spanish or English? <laughs> Trece.
0: <laughs> Correct and. While you're at Chelsea TV in 2015, who won Player of the Year?
1: Ooh, Eden Hazard. Yes,
0: it was. So that's two. That's yes. <laughs> oh, God. And then basically, we're going through your career here. So the first one was going to be Real Madrid, then it's Chelsea TV, then it's back at Real Madrid now. While you're at Real Madrid TV in 2018, they signed a player who's since gone on to play for both Real Sociedad and Arsenal. Who is that player?
1: Sociedad and Arsenal. Martin Odegaard.
0: Yes, it is. That's three. <laughs> <Yes. Ooh. laughs> this one's a, This is a really hard one.
1: Oh, I'm very competitive, by the way. <laughs> I, didn't I know that only one person's got five.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Your first week working for PLP, Chelsea got hammered 4-0 by a team. Who was that team?
1: My first week working... So, is it the first... Oh, I know. Manchester United.
0: Yes it was. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: Um while you're at the last question. So while you're at Real Madrid, they won three Champions Leagues. But who did they play in each of those finals?
1: Oh that's easy. Okay, ready? They played Atlético Madrid, Juventus <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um The final one would be Liverpool! Yeah,
0: five out of five! Oh my
1: God! I'm so happy! Ridiculously happy that I got full marks. Five out of five. See, do your research.
0: (laughs) So that's it for series two, episode eight Behind the Microphone with me, Hamish Percy, and sports reporter and presenter, Alex Aljo, who got full marks in the quiz. My many thanks to Alex for joining me and being so open and honest about her career and telling some great stories. Make sure to like and subscribe and leave a review if you liked it and I'll be back again next week.